Welcome to the Nonprofit Answers Podcast, where you find answers to your marketing and fundraising questions. You will learn how to raise more money to help more people. And now your host, Jeremy Rice. Welcome to Nonprofit Answers, the podcast that helps fundraisers raise more money to help more people. Today's episode is about writing a fundraising strategy. The question that we're answering today is how do I write a fundraising strategy? If you've been asked to create a fundraising plan but don't know where to start, this episode is for you. We'll cover what information you need, how to prioritize your goals, and most importantly, how to create a fundraising strategy that you'll actually use. One of the keys to creating a great and successful fundraising plan is having a clear framework to guide your thinking. I've developed what I call the three-question fundraising framework, and it's a very simple fundraising framework so that you can develop a fundraising strategy that you'll actually use this next year. Now, this framework, it's going to help you focus on three key areas, donor acquisition, donor retention, and lapsed donor reactivation. By addressing each of these areas in your fundraising plan, you can create a comprehensive strategy that maximizes your fundraising impact. Throughout this episode, we'll be introducing this three-question fundraising framework and providing actionable advice on how to implement it for your own fundraising plan. So whether you are a seasoned fundraiser or just starting out, you're going to come away today with practical tips and strategies to help you raise more money to help more people. So let's get started. As fundraisers, we often have lots of ideas and initiatives to pursue. It can be overwhelming to prioritize and decide what to focus on, especially if we don't have a clear framework to guide our thinking. That's where this three-question fundraising framework comes in. By breaking down our fundraising strategy into three key questions, we can simplify our approach and ensure that we're addressing the most critical areas of our fundraising program. So let's dive into the three-question fundraising framework. The first question is, how do we find new donors? This is all about donor acquisition. How do we reach new potential supporters and how do we turn those people into donors? The second question is, how do we keep the donors we have? This is about donor retention. How do we engage our existing donors and keep them committed to our cause over the long term? The third question is, how do we get former donors to give again? So this question is about lapsed donor reactivation. How do we connect with donors who have stopped giving and encourage them to renew their support? By focusing on these three areas, we can simplify our approach and ensure that we're addressing the most critical aspects of our fundraising program. After all, what good is a lengthy fundraising strategy if you're not going to use it? Let's dive into the first question of the three-question fundraising framework. How do we find new donors? Donor acquisition is a critical component of our fundraising strategy as it's the foundation for building a strong donor base. There are a variety of channels that nonprofits can use to acquire new donors, including direct mail, radio, digital, foundations, government grants, corporate gifts, and events. Each channel has its own pros and cons, and the best approach will depend on your organization's goals target audience, and available resources. Direct mail is a tried and true method for donor acquisition. It allows you to target specific audiences with a personalized message and call to action. Direct mail campaigns can be expensive, but they can also yield a 
good response rate if executed well. Radio is another traditional donor acquisition channel. It can be an effective way to reach a broad audience and build awareness for your cause. It can also be an expensive channel. It's very difficult to get into this channel. Uh, now, the nice thing about radio is it typically has a pretty high return on the initial donation. So for some radio campaigns, you might see $1.25 come back for every dollar you spend, which is different than something like direct mail where you're typically going to see, you know, 30 to 40 cents on the dollar uh, for fundraising campaigns. Digital channels such as email, social media, online advertising, they're becoming increasingly popular for donor acquisition. They offer the ability to target specific audiences with personalized messages, and you can track engagement and conversion rates in real time. Now, the digital landscape is crowded and it's constantly changing, so it can make it a challenge to stand out and achieve a, a positive return on investment. Events are another great way to attract new donors. They offer an opportunity to engage pot potential supporters in person and build a sense of community around your cause. Events are also expensive and time-consuming to plan and execute, and that may not be the most effective channel for your organization. Now, ultimately, the best approach to donor acquisition will depend on your organization's unique needs and resources. It's important to carefully evaluate the pros and cons of each channel and consider how they align with your overall fundraising goals and your strategy. When creating a fundraising plan, it's important to look back at your organization's history of donor acquisition. That helps really inform your strategy moving forward. By analyzing your past donor acquisition efforts, you can identify which channels, tactics, which ones have been the most effective, and allocate your resources accordingly. The first step in that process is to gather data on past donor acquisition efforts, things like uh, your response rates, your conversion rates, the total revenue generated, now, you can analyze data from all of your different past direct mail campaigns, email campaigns, events, all of the channels that you uh, raise money in. Once you have this data, you can begin identifying trends, patterns that can inform your future fundraising strategy. For example, you might find that uh, email has had the highest amount of response rate and conversion rates. And so you might want to invest more in this digital channel moving forward. It's also important to consider the context in which the past donation acquisition efforts were conducted. You know, for example, uh, let's say that you were looking at a direct mail campaign and it was around a disaster. Uh, you might have seen a considerable amount of response uh, for that uh, disaster campaign, but it's not something that you can easily repeat. Ultimately, the goal of looking back at the history of your donor acquisition is to identify which channels and tactics are most likely to yield the highest ROI moving forward. By using that data, it can inform your strategy, and that will help inform your decisions about where to allocate your resources and to maximize the impact of your fundraising efforts. Donor acquisition is a critical component of any fundraising strategy. It's the foundation for building a strong and sustainable donor base. Without that steady influx of new donors, organizations risk losing revenue and stagnating in their fundraising. So I want to give you an example here. So let's say that you have 10,000 donors who give an average of $500 per year. Now that's $5 million in annual revenue. If you have 68% multi-year donor retention rate, you're going to lose 3,200 of those donors this year. That's $1.6 in revenue. 
that means even if you retain the remaining 6,800 donors, your total revenue is going to drop to 3.4 million. That's a pretty big decrease from that 5 million that you earned in the previous year. This example really illustrates the importance of donor acquisition and maintaining a healthy and sustainable fundraising program. By continually acquiring new donors, your organization can offset that natural attrition that occurs in any donor base, and you can ensure that you have the resources needed to achieve your mission. As you lay out your strategy plan, you need to determine your donor acquisition budget and which channels you'd like to acquire donors from. In that example I just gave, you need to find a way to replace those 3,200 donors who stopped giving. Now, when you can, I recommend acquiring donors from a variety of different channels. This helps spread the risk of your donor acquisition and get donors that respond through a variety of channels. You know, a lot of studies have been done on this. And if you look at your own statistics on your file, what you'll likely find is that donors often respond in the future and come back and give second and third and fourth gifts to the channel that they originally responded in. And so when you're looking at your donor acquisition efforts, how easy is it for you to repeat fundraising in the channel that you acquired them in? So in direct mail, people will often then give again in direct mail. Same for digital. A lot of digital donors don't revert to becoming direct mail donors. Instead, they continue giving through digital. So this might be a challenge if you're acquiring through radio, if you don't repeat that uh, same fundraiser in a period of time, uh, because you might acquire those donors and then you have to find a way to then move them to a different channel to respond in in the future. It's important to calculate your return on investment, what we call the ROI, for each of your fundraising initiatives, especially for your donor acquisition efforts. ROI measures the effectiveness of that fundraising campaign and helps you determine which ones are worth investing in and which ones are not. Calculating ROI involves comparing the cost of your fundraising campaign to the revenue that it generated. For example, if you spent $100,000 on a direct mail campaign, and you generated $35,000 in donations, your ROI would be 35%. By calculating ROI for each fundraising initiative, you can identify which channels are yielding the best results and adjust your strategy accordingly. That really helps you maximize your impact and knows, it lets you know that you're spending those resources really effectively. In addition, when you make informed decisions uh, for your fundraising strategy, calculating that ROI, that can also help you communicate the impact of your work to donors and other stakeholders. When you demonstrate that your ROI is good for each of your fundraising initiatives, you can show that their, uh, their support, how that's tied directly to your organization's mission. Now you might be thinking, how do I do that? How do I calculate ROI? I mean, you've got to take into account new donors come in, have a different attrition rate than ones that have been there for some time, you have lapsed donors in there. How do you figure all this out? So I have created a free resource for you. There's a, I've created this Google spreadsheet and the Google spreadsheet that I've created lets you enter in the details about how many donors you've acquired, your average annual giving amount per donor, your renewal rates and more. And so after you enter in all these details, the spreadsheet calculates your revenue for the next five years. So you'll not only be able to look at what's your ROI going to be like in the next year, and many uh, channels like direct mail take longer than a year to pay off. And so what does that look like, though, for your organization over five years? It's going to help you make smart decisions about where to invest your money and how to calculate your ROI for, for your fundraising strategy. 
So just go to nonprofitfundraising.com slash episode 44, the number 44, uh, to get this link to this powerful free resource. And trust me, this thing's going to help you a ton. When I do my own um, strategies, I use a tool like this to calculate uh, what kind of return am I expecting from my uh, acquisition efforts. The second question in the three-question fundraising framework is about donor retention. How do we keep donors we have ensure they remain engaged? And how do we keep them committed to our cause for a long time? Donor retention is a critical component of your successful fundraising strategy. It's way more cost-effective to retain your existing donors than to acquire new ones. When you're creating a fundraising strategy, there's a couple of key components to consider for donor retention. The first is to create a great welcome series. A welcome series helps build trust with your donor. The next step is to establish a really clear communication plan that keeps donors informed and engaged with your organization. That can include your regular updates on the organization's impact, personalized outreach to specific donors like major donors, and opportunities for involvement and recognition. Now, again, just like ROI, I wanted to create a tool here to help you uh, create your welcome series and first year communications plan. And so I've created a, a spreadsheet that lets you fill out information, gives you an example, and lets you outline that welcome series and a first year communication plan. So just like the other spreadsheet that calculates ROI, just go to nonprofitfundraising.com slash episode 44, and you can get this great resource for free. It's going to help you create a plan that you can put into your fundraising strategy. Now, one thing that I've learned lately and, and want to kind of take a side road on is that most organizations don't send enough email. And you know, many organizations are sending one or two emails a month, oftentimes appeals. And what we've found is when you're not sending a lot of impact stories and relationship emails to your file, the file is going to grow to the point that they're not opening or reading your emails or they're unsubscribing from your emails. And so what you want to do is you need to be top of mind for donors when they're ready to give. You know, there's a couple of things that go into a giving decision. One is the right offer. Uh, the other is the right time and the right place. And so if you're not in their inbox at the right time with an offer that they're ready to give to an organization like yours, then you're not going to get that gift. Unfortunately, our donors aren't really our donors. We're just one of the organizations they give to. And so you need to increase the amount of relational impact stories, uh, emails to people uh, so that, they, that your emails can be top of mind and top of inbox for them uh, when they're looking to give. Another key component of donor retention is ensuring that your donors feel valued and appreciated for their support. Now, this can involve things like personalized thank you notes, um, recognition in annual reports or other publications, special events or opportunities that are exclusive to your donors. In your fundraising strategy, detail out your gratitude plan for thanking new donors. You might want to include your thank you communications at different points in the donor's journey, not just when they give a gift. This is going to help you retain donors so they become long-term donors. It's also important to understand the reason why donors may stop giving and take steps to address any concerns or issues that they might have. This can involve soliciting feedback from donors and using this information to improve your fundraising approach. Now, we found from many organizations that there are different points in the donor journey where you have a high um, points of attrition or the number of donors, a percentage of donors that are leaving. 
And so, for example, you might have a high attrition point around the end of the first month. And that's when uh, donors realize, oh, this is a monthly giving program. I didn't know I signed up for a monthly giving program. And they call in and they cancel. And so we want to put points in your journey where you can insert communications or other things to help reduce those points of attrition. So I've tested this across a number of organizations and two points that are pretty common. And you'll need to see on your own data where they are for you. But two points that we found pretty common is after that first month, like I said, when people have some donor remorse or their spouse says, what are you doing? Or they say, I don't realize this was monthly. And they, at that point, they quit. The other point that we found for a number of organizations around month nine, uh, about nine months in, they feel like, why am I doing this? Did I, you know, have I done enough? Uh, you know, can I stop? And so when you put in something like a token of appreciation before those points happen, so for example, in month seven, maybe you send them a little magnet or something that, you know, one of your beneficiaries made, something that really connects with them to make them remind them of the joy that they're feeling by giving, then it can help reduce that point of attrition. One of the other tips that we have found is we do not recommend putting something in around month 12, like thanking the donor for their uh, anniversary of giving. Uh, what we found is this actually has the opposite effect that people then think, oh, it's been a year. I'm done. I don't need to do this anymore. And then they call up and quit. And so we do not recommend that you do anything in month 12 uh, or around month 12, you know, um, kind of reminding donors that they've been doing this for a year. Oftentimes that will have a negative impact on your a donor retention. Finally, create a culture of transparency and accountability that can really help with your donor retention. Donors want to know that their support is making an impact. And by sharing data and results, you can demonstrate value to your donors. Developing a fundraising calendar for the year is a critical component of any comprehensive fundraising strategy. A fundraising calendar is a schedule of planned fundraising activities events, campaign for the entire year. This will help your nonprofit ensure that your fundraising efforts are well-planned, coordinated, um, integrated, and that can help maximize your impact and revenue. When developing a fundraising calendar, the first step is to identify the key dates and events throughout the year that might impact your fundraising efforts. Think like holidays, the end of your fiscal year, awareness days related to your cause, the end of the calendar year, giving days throughout the year. By incorporating these dates into your fundraising calendar, you can ensure that your fundraising efforts are timely and relevant. Next, you want to identify your fundraising goals for the year, including targets for your donor acquisition, donor retention, and lapsed donor reactivation. By setting specific goals for each of these areas, you can ensure that your fundraising efforts are aligned with your overall objectives and that you're maximizing your impact. Once you have identified your goals and key dates, you can begin to develop specific fundraising campaigns and events for each quarter of the year. That might include um, direct mail campaigns, email outreach, social media campaigns, galas, auctions, walks, runs. As you outline each campaign, identify your goals and your costs. This will help you develop your revenue budget for the year. It's important to ensure that each fundraising campaign and event is well-planned, coordinated, and integrated into your overall fundraising strategy. This can involve developing a comprehensive plan for each campaign, including your timelines, messaging, and metrics for success. It's also important to ensure that each campaign and event is well-promoted to maximize visibility and engagement. 
Finally, and this is key, it's important to regularly review and update your funders and calendar throughout the year. This is not a static document that you create at the beginning of the year and, and don't change throughout the year. Things are going to change for you. And as you evaluate effectiveness of your campaigns and events, you're probably going to need to adjust your strategy throughout the year and incorporate new opportunities and challenges that arise over time. In a fundraising strategy, it's important to outline specific tactics and timelines for donor retention efforts and the metrics for that measuring their success. You must also define your campaign schedule for the year, and that, that's going to help you define what you're going to raise money for. By establishing this clear plan for donor retention and evaluating your effectiveness over time, you can really build a stronger and sustainable donor base and really increase that retention rate uh, for those uh, second-year and multi-year donors uh, that you want to keep uh, supporting your mission for a very long time. The third question in the three-question fundraising framework is all about lapsed donor reactivation. A lapsed donor is someone who has given to your organization in the past, but has not made a gift within a specific period of time, typically a year or more. Now, reactivating lapsed donors can be a valuable source of revenue for your nonprofit, as these people, they're already familiar with your cause, they've already demonstrated an interest, and they might be more likely to give again. When creating a fundraising strategy, there are several key strategies to consider for reactivating lapsed donors. The first is to conduct a targeted outreach campaign that specifically targets lapsed donors with a personalized message and call to action. Now, you can include multiple channels in that, so it might include a combination of direct mail, email, phone, social media. Another effective tactic for reactivating lapsed donors is to offer a special incentive or promotion to encourage them to renew their support. Now, that might include personalized thank you notes, a discount on event tickets for one of the events that you're hosting, a special recognition program uh, for lapsed donors who have renewed their support. There's lots of ways that you can um, incentivize donors to want to give again. It's also important to understand why lapsed donors may have stopped giving in the first place and address any concern or issues that they may have had. Now, you might conduct surveys, focus groups, solicit feedbacks from lapsed donors, and use that information to improve your fundraising approach. We found many times when we've surveyed donors that they don't know they're lapsed. They uh, typically think that a donation, a, a, a donation that happened some time ago was six months more recent than they actually gave. So if the last time they gave was 18 months ago, in their mind, when they respond to a survey, they gave 12 months ago. And so you need to understand that donors may not consider themselves lapsed when you're running these campaigns. Finally, create a sense of urgency or momentum, and that can help with lapsed donor reactivation. Emphasize the good work that that donor is doing. Um, tell them stories of impact. Thank them for their past donations and motivate them to renew their support and help your organization grow, but more importantly, help the people that you serve together. So today we've explored this three-question fundraising framework and how it can help you simplify your approach to creating a successful fundraising strategy. Ultimately, that's the goal. You don't want to create a fundraising strategy that you don't ever look back on again. And then the next year, keep doing the same thing, create a fundraising strategy that you're not looking back on. You want to focus on donor acquisition, donor retention, and lapsed donor reactivation. And that will help you build a strong and sustainable donor base that supports the mission and the people that you serve over a long time.
by incorporating these strategies into a comprehensive fundraising plan, your organization can maximize your impact and it can achieve your fundraising goals. And when you achieve your fundraising goals and when you start growing as an organization, you're going to help more people. And that's really the goal, right? For us, it's to raise more money so we can help more people. And so I hope that these insights and these ideas really help you create a successful fundraising strategy. And that really helps you to raise more money. Thank you again for listening to Nonprofit Answers and for listening to this episode. Uh, and I really appreciate um, your support. Uh, if you have any questions, you know, please go to nonprofitanswers.org and I'm glad to answer them. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nonprofit Answers podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting service. Your rating and review will help other nonprofit professionals find this podcast to get their nonprofit questions answered. Thanks again.